0: ever see my mother and my sister struggle
1: again. Guys, I just finished this amazing interview with Brett. He's from Australia. He's straight up just killing it. He's a serial entrepreneur. This is someone who grew his business from one location to 35 locations just within the six months. And he also interviewed Cardon. Cardone. Like, it was just super, super motivational and really insightful as well. So I really enjoyed it and I hope you guys all enjoy it. I wanted to uh, jump right on to our questions and the first question is can you tell me your background like I know you uh, have been like seriously killing it as entrepreneur but can you kind of tell me what businesses have you developed uh, your journey?
0: Yes, yeah, certainly so I, I guess from an entrepreneurial journey because the journey dates back all the way back to when I was, I was a a kid I suppose you know I've always had these entrepreneurial tendencies I've always wanted to to create and build and and you know execute upon things and then this what that sort of led into was the you know when I was a kid I wanted extra money so I could go to the local fish and chip shop so I could buy you know a dollar worth of jet plane lollies and also have enough 20 cent pieces to play my favorite arcade game at the time Street Fighter and um, you know that that's where the the quest for generating income came from you know how, how do i earn more money um and i realized that the more things that you could do the more problems you could solve with people the more money you're able to make um yeah. my entrepreneurial journey however fast forward many years passed from there um really started in the health and fitness space so in the, the health and fitness industry i was, I was a personal trainer right mm-hmm. i uh, had a passion for health and fitness and then i i literally became a personal trainer myself and um that's sort of where it started from. You know, I was, I was trading time for money still, though. I was, I was turning up to the gym. I was having to train people to get paid. And I thought there had to be a better way that I could earn more money and, and leverage my time more and actually help more people as well, right? Because as a personal trainer, you can help maybe 20, 30, 40 people sort of max, right, until you start tapping out and, and it becomes extremely exhausting, so for me, it was about leveraging that. And, and the first step of leverage was instead of training one person, one-on-one, how can I train you know, many people at the same time? So I moved into group training, um, which started to take off really well, um, which ended up leading us into you know, building a, our very own franchise. Um, so we had 35 locations of our fitness company around the, Australia um, in the first six months of, of launching the franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. But th- where that really came from was, it was, it was predicated off my ability to be able to generate business online, how to social media, how to how to use you know, marketing, I guess, to be able to attract um, mm-hmm. clients to the business. So
1: mm-hmm. that
0: that was really my love for online marketing and digital marketing, and which led into psychology and persuasion and influence and so forth. And you know where we are right now, where I'm actually sitting in our in – our, the good thing about Instagram, you can move your camera around. So I'm, I'm sitting in our purposefully built – podcast studio here um, and right. one, of, one of my companies called Claxon. so we're a digital growth agency and mm. we actually help businesses so we partner with other businesses and brands and we grow and scale their business profit um, using bespoke digital growth strategies so that's sort of in a nutshell started off in the fitness space um, and just again became really I guess I'd say you know I, I could pat myself on my own back became pretty good at it right I nailed mm. it and it led to people asking me, hey, can you do it for me? Can you do it for me? And and that's what we do now. We, we help hundreds of businesses um, around the world, you know, grow and scale and meet their commercial outcomes as well.
1: Mm, I see. Yeah, well, you mentioned that you own a media company, right? And it also grew very quickly. Can you tell me, like, how you grew your agency as well?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we've got two agencies, actually, that, that we um, we have. Um, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, we started our second agency um, one week into COVID, which was a pretty crazy oh, time.
1: Oh, wow. That's um, a critical cool time
0: to start. <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy time to start a new business yeah. as well. And maintain <laughs> and grow another one. But, um, yeah, for Claxton, we, we started uh, three years ago. Actually, July was our third birthday. So, you know, a couple of weeks ago was our third birthday. Um, but how that grew so quickly was, again, you know, it, it, it's it's people – Can look at it as though wow how did you do it so fast what did you do and i can tell you that the what i did was 10 years worth of understanding the industry understanding the market using what we do right now in my own businesses to grow and scale those which gave me credibility within an industry right Mm -hmm. so what i mean by that is when we open the doors and, and even to this day three years in, we really haven't even done our own marketing for our own company Because we haven't needed to because, you know, one is when you have a skill, right, when Mm -hmm. you know how to do something well, people want to know how to do that or they would rather you do it for them, right? And Mm -hmm. that's just from the day one as soon as we sort of open the doors here, I let let a handful of people know that this is what we're doing and then um, it just hasn't sort of stopped since because when you start achieving results and you get results – Someone else wants to know how you got them results and, and it just sort of becomes a perpetual thing. But how we're able to grow so quick, I, I think the the biggest fundamental for me is, um, and it's always been, uh, there has to be a faster way of doing something, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, that's sort of an ethos that I've lived by ever since I was a kid. You know, I was always <laughs> looking for I was always looking for the faster way how to do it. Uh, and not at the detriment of, you know, of building something sustainable either, right? So I'm not talking about how can we get there and not worry about the mess we left behind ourselves. You know, for me, it was, I'm always looking for, what's that shortcut or what's that thing that we're not seeing that could help us get there faster? Which for us again, and that gets to trickle on down through, you know, one team and then now our own clients. So it's like, we're always challenging our own clients on how can we get better results faster? Mm-hmm. But that's how I'm able to build things fast because I'm wired like that I like to do things um in the mm-hmm. quickest possible way um mm-hmm. that you get to the ultimate best outcomes
1: i see well that's very interesting because i think that concept of you know lots of trials and errors it, but definitely um like definitely is a common practice i think especially in the digital age right like when do you know if you're um, if your trial is failing, like if you need to yeah. um, move fast enough, but then you still kind of need to like experiment um, different things. When do you know?
0: Yeah. Great question. Um, and the answer to that is I actually don't know. Right. And mm-hmm. let me frame that. Um, I'm 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 led by intuition. Like I'm very led by my feel, my intuition and six feet close. Right. I, I first heard that from Tony Robbins. He said that and I was like, that's, that's much sense right and success doesn't mean always just success in my eyes is not just winning it's like success can simply be you've just seen another version of something or you've seen a different way of looking at something that you've never looked at it that way before right mm-hmm. so for me um you know you, you need to pay attention to two things one is the logical sense right is the data what's the data telling you mm-hmm. right numbers don't lie facts don't lie right and facts don't care about your feelings, right? Mm-hmm. I steal that from Ben Shapiro. That, that was, um, so you have to look at it from a factual perspective and you also need to look at it from an emotional perspective as well. I think there's an element of that, you mm-hmm. know, um, banging your head against the wall how many times and, and what's the impact of that on you,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: So it, it you hear this all the time. It's like, um, you know, it took, took someone... Um, is it Edison who created the light bulb? I think I'm not, I'm not sure. Thomas Edison, I think, created the light bulb, right? Maybe, maybe not. Someone created a bloody light bulb anyway. And apparently the story is that it took him 10,000 times to get it to work, mm-hmm. right? If you have the sustainability to be able to last 10,000 times, then I encourage you, that, oh, keep going, keep going, keep going, mm-hmm. right? But if, if it's killing you inside mm-hmm. and you've only done it two or three times, maybe that's enough for you to go, hey, maybe it's time to try something else. Right, mm-hmm. I think the biggest problem out there in entrepreneurship right now with with entrepreneurs is that there's so many people running or starting a business and they shouldn't be because they're not built for it. They're not made for it. You could be an all star player on a team in another business, right? You can maybe go into that business and let some of your entrepreneurial tendencies maybe flare. You know, mm-hmm. like I am personally non-hireable. You're not. I'm not going to be. I'm, no one's going to employ me. Because mm-hmm. I wouldn't ask. I'd be a great worker for a small period of time until I got so sick of it that I had to, you know, had to go and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, it's, it's super important to understand where you sit and where you lie um, mm-hmm. when so it comes when I, mm-hmm. to success and failure. Some people can take a lot more failure than others.
1: Mm, I see. Well, that actually relates to my other questions that's going to come up later on. Um, but my third question will be. So I guess. It leads to my, this question, I guess, like, how do you define, like, what makes you successful in a sustainable period of time? Like, not just like a one-time hit, Mm. but then like for a long time.
0: I think that the the best place to start with, with that question would be defining what success means. Because right, success to you might mean something that it, different than it means to me, and it might be something different than it means to Cassie Andrew Thirteen, and who's just joined us on here. You know, mm-hmm. it, it success means something different to each person. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, so, can
1: we focus on capitalism success for now, just for now?
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. commercial success. Yep. So, reframe the question then for me. So,
1: yeah. So, in capitalism, in like definition, yep. yeah, su- definition of success in capitalism. What do you yep. think makes someone stay successful in a game?
0: Yeah, well, the ability to continue serving the marketplace first and foremost, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of one-hit wonders out there. You know, mm-hmm. you, you you look at people who can consistently and predictably win. And when mm-hmm. I say win, I simply serve a market because that's that capitalism really is, right? It's you know, I, I first heard this from Monday's. It's if you want to be a billionaire, help a billion people. Mm-hmm. If you want to stay a billionaire keep serving a billion people so they keep buying from you, Mm. right? There's no better measure than the ability to have clients um, or have customers on a continual basis, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of – and this is the traps with a lot of people out there who understand marketing. They're really good at getting people into their ecosystem, but they're terrible at keeping them, Mm -hmm. right? Success is predicated on the results that you're able to provide Mm -hmm. continuously.
1: Do you – do you have to be best, or does it doesn't it have to like does it have to be best uh, service whatever you provide?
0: You, you to- don't have to be the best, no. just I mean, look, do we all strive to want to be the best? Well, hopefully, right? Yeah. Hopefully, most businesses do. You know, mm-hmm. we certainly we want to be the number one digital growth agency globally right? Mm -hmm. And that means there's a number of things that we need to be doing consistently, continually. But do you have to be the best? No, not at all. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it it all comes down to what do you actually want? Right? Mm -hmm. What's your actual outcomes? Mm -hmm. How much money do you want to be earning? What what revenue do you want your business to be turning over? How many people do you actually want to serve? Mm -hmm. Like if you want to be the best computer company in the world, You're going to take on Apple or Microsoft. But if you could be the 20th computer company in the world, you're still probably doing a couple of hundred million dollars a year. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So this whole narrative that, you know, everyone who jumps into something has to be number one, there can only be one, right? There's only one fastest man on the planet. Mm -hmm. But number two, three, all the way through to 100 are absolutely fast as well, Right. Mm -hmm. But it depends on, if your goal, if you wake up every morning and go, I have to be the fastest man on the planet or the fastest woman on the planet, mm-hmm. yes, you have to be the best. So you need to live up to that.
1: Mm. I see. So you basically needed to kind uh, define your own definition of what being best means to you specifically.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm.
1: Okay. So my next question is, um, what do you do when – you are scared of taking risks. What is, yeah. So like, yep. how do you fight against your own like negative self-talk or like self doubts?
0: Yep. So again, I, I think that's a, that's a really good one again. And it, it depends it depends on how committed you are to achieving, you know, what you want to achieve. So the, the best way for me to go answer that is, is look at something that might've been potentially scary. Um, I always, I look at, Life through a certain lens, right,
1: mm. which
0: allows me to be able to take certain actions that to most people they may deem as like terrifying, but I look at them mm. as a calculated move. Okay, so I always weigh up the downside and weigh up the upside, and then I have a look at that, and I I make decisions based off that. I also make decisions: how does that align with me as a person, as a human being, right? Mm. Um, and will I Will I? If I fast forward fifty years and I'm on my deathbed, will I regret not taking that decision? Right. Mm-hmm. That that'll quickly outline to me the impact of um, a decision. But mm-hmm. right? if I feel that I would regret it, I I, I want to work on. Okay, what is it that's actually stopping me from getting through this? Why am I actually not doing this? And there's always an underlying reason. There's always something. And mm-hmm. if you can't uncover it yourself, if you can't socratically coach yourself, meaning you know you be your own coach and work yourself and step yourself through it. You know, I always say, what advice would I give to a friend or what advice would I give to my wife or my family members if they were in the exact situation with the exact same, you know, um, terms that I have placed in front of me right now, what would I in- advise them to do? Remove myself from it and logically look at it once again. So, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to that sort of, you know, the myth of, of logic and fact. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the other component is that emotional component. How is it going to make me feel? Mm-hmm. Right? How will I feel if I do take this decision? How will I feel if I don't? What's the worst worst case scenario, mm-hmm. and then what's the best best case scenario? And you can work out something in between there. Mm.
1: Have you always been like that, or is that something you had to develop as
0: a being? Like um, that? I, I believe it's ingrained in me. I, I come from a very interesting um, childhood. Um, you know, I wasn't given the silver spoon, grew up in a very low socioeconomic area. If, if, if I wanted anything, I had to work for it. So I've always had that resilience and that attitude of um, if I want something, I've got, to, I've got to be the person responsible to go and achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but one thing again is I look at life through a very certain lens. And I learned very early on um, that being able to solve problems, you know, is, is going to help a lot in life. Right, Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm what I'd call an A-class problem solver. Mm -hmm. So I I can so I'm the person. If there's problems, people will come to me, and I'll generally be able to have an answer or figure something out. Um, Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean I know it straight away, right? Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not a know-all, but Mm I am figure it out all. Right, Mm -hmm. I'll be something out. You send me a problem, I've got ten solutions. So I can out-solution anyone. Mm -hmm. And what I'm Mm If if someone keeps coming up because you know you get stuck in these someone's got a problem you provide a solution they're like oh yeah but what about this and I'm like okay oh, I got right. solution mm-hmm. I got another solution for that if you can look at life through those lenses it's going to quickly um, you know instill with you are capable of achieving anything or what not anything you are capable of achieving whatever it is that that you can achieve or you you would like to achieve right.
1: Mm-hmm. So in order for you to have that belief, you kind of need to get that feedback from outside as well, right? Like, would it not that be confidence for you to believe that you're capable if you have the feedback coming out from outside? What would you do if someone is not getting the feedback? Like, you want to believe in yourself that you're capable, but then you, yeah. you're struggling seeing the results. And I mean, resilience is definitely one of the very important things to have uh in these times but then you know sometimes people could be in this state of like oh, i just can't it's just you know like i'm not seeing any results i've been working really hard i've been working really yeah. long like what would you say to people who are in that well look
0: it's um i mean i would be really um what would i say to someone
1: mm. Or if you have but, any sort of, yeah,
0: different uh, yeah. If, if you require mm-hmm. external gratification, that's that's the fastest route for, for not being able to be successful, right? Because your success is only predicated on someone else's feedback to you. Mm-hmm. And, and about confidence, confidence comes from, from being able to have the courage, right, first and foremost. So have the courage to step up and do something, to create a capability. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you create a capability that's that's with sets and reps. You have to you have to trial and error. You have to trial and error a lot of the time. So you go, Oh, actually there is proof that I can do this. If you need to gauge your success based off someone else, maybe maybe at the starting point you might need to. Right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in athletics, for example, and and you can't jump over the, the one meter high jump, you know. It doesn't matter if you think you're successful internally. If you can't get over it, well, you haven't made the, the marker, right? So mm-hmm. you've got to look at what the benchmarks are and go, well, how close am I to them, mm-hmm. right? So when it comes to cap to the commercial component of, of business, is you do need to find some sort of benchmark so even so you know where you are on a playing field, mm-hmm. right? But but that quickly needs to move into the internal confidence of of you just being confident that you figure it out. So for mm-hmm. for me, the biggest the biggest um, reward I get uh, is is being able to internally motivate myself. Like, I'm super confident. It doesn't mean I'm good at everything, though. It means that I'll enter into something with confidence because there's so much studies that show the ability just to have that positive, optimistic mindset, first and foremost, can actually help. I was actually just at a podcast um, with a friend of mine. He's the director of performance at the UFC, and um, performance mm-hmm. in Shanghai. Super talented, knowledgeable guy. He trained the Chinese Olympic team um, (laughs) conditioning, so he's he's, he knows his stuff. And Mm -hmm. and we're talking today, and and I was saying to him, I said, you know, like what what's the best cold or hot therapy? You know, and he goes, look, there's actually data to show that if you believe that cold therapy is going to be better for you, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it's going to be better for you than warm therapy. If you believe that. Warm therapy is going to be better for you. Mm -hmm. It's going to actually be better for you because the power of the mind is everything. Physiologically, yes, there's some adaptations that happen whether you got cold or hot therapy anyhow, but the reality is the overall success of something is predicated on the mindset that you are entering into something. Mm -hmm.
1: Interesting. So I'm going to actually move on to my next question. Um, which is so sorry I'm, I'm just gonna skip one question because you kind of already answered my <laughs> next question is so i know that you are very big on like company culture building company culture that's motivating yep. for your teams right like can you kind of tell me uh what's all about that
0: yeah look i mean you're only as good as your team right mm-hmm. so in like, order for us like, I'm not going to be the number one digital growth agency. It's our team collectively. And mm-hmm. you know, one thing I know, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm unemployable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that, you know, our, no n- no one in our team thinks like me, okay? So, so I think very differently, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also need to truly understand as a leader in a business is understand that the team think different than me. People think different than me. What mm-hmm. makes someone excited um, to turn up to work might be completely different than what I'm excited about turning up to work, right? Um,
1: mm-hmm. Because
0: we all play different roles within inside the organisation. Um, mm-hmm. But team culture is that glue; it's the nucleus of um, the success of your business. You know, show me a business that's real, that's going really, really well, that has a real terrible culture. Now, I'm sure there's there's the few out there, but not from a startup, not from a you know startup phase, growing a, right. a real. Business, it just doesn't mm-hmm. work like that. You know, the last thing you want to do as a fast growth business is churn and burn through through staff members. I mean, just there, there's always a turnover effect in any company, anyhow, regardless of how good your culture is. You know, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to create something every single human being stay there forever, right? But there, there's um, and that we could be doing. Sorry, I cut out there. Sorry. No um, I've I've got a timer on my phone. I'm only allowed fifteen minutes a day on Instagram and we've just tapped over it. Um <laughs> actually thirty minutes we've tapped over. But um this is a special interview, so we'll keep going. Okay. <laughs> um, but um you know the the, the culture is, is everything, right? You yeah. need to mm-hmm. you need to provide pathways for your team members, you need to be able to provide room for growth, you need to understand team members. <laughs> actually are wanting with inside right. the, are they wanting professionally? Mm-hmm. Um, but even more so, they need to understand what you're doing as a company, right? So the first two hours, any time a new employee joins our team, I spend the first two hours of the week with them and I simply go through what's it, where did our company start from? Why did it start? Why is it even existing? Mm-hmm. What is our vision? What is our mission? How are we going to get them? What, what's the core values of a business? Mm. Right, we, we've moved into this world, and you'll hear it a lot in organisations. You know, mission, vision, mission values, which is fantastic. But you don't want it to just be a piece of paper or a line that's you know said. There needs to be a, a complete buy-in from from everyone within inside the organisation. So, mm. keeping it keeping a really close eye on company culture is is the fastest way to help you grow a successful business. Mm. So, I
1: think that uh, leads back to probably like the principles you have as a leader too, like how do you um, define leaders who have high EQ, like emotional intelligence?
0: How do I define them or how do I yeah. um, uncover them or so? Um, so mm-hmm. I mean, emotional intelligence, it's something that I've been obsessed with for the last six years or so. Um, and it, well actually a lot longer than that, but probably more intensified that the last, you know, several years. Because um, when I uncovered marketing, right, 13 years ago, because I use marketing to generate business, but when you truly really understand marketing and you're prepared to go to the levels beneath marketing and find out what actually is the um, the cellular level of marketing, and that's psychology and that's human um, interaction, why we do what we do and and so forth. And, um, you know, emotional intelligence is something that, that creates, I think, is predicated from... Your ability to have self-awareness first and foremost is the ability to be able to actually see and know and and witness what's happening and what's going on and mm-hmm. being able to, you know, let your ego go, like drop the ego um, is, is a huge one. The ego uh, holds so many is back because we're, we're too stubborn or we, we don't want to admit our flaws or our failures but as soon as you can admit that you've got a lot of flaws and you've got a lot of failures and so does everyone else it's it's a, it's a level playing field, it's fine you know, as a leader of a business you don't have to be right on everything
1: mm. and
0: That's that's a big problem for a lot of people, I had this problem I had this problem. I I thought that I had to be the guy that knew everything and solve yeah. mm-hmm. the time and and I was the best person for it. And da 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 da, all of that stuff. You have to let that go. So and that that's all part of emotional intelligence, right? Is your ability mm-hmm. to see something for what it is and not more than what it is, mm-hmm. is super powerful. Your ability to be able to, you know, not react and actually act accordingly based off facts, mm-hmm. and based off you know. Emotion so facts and emotion are always intertwined when it comes to that, mm. unless you're a robot and you can work purely factual, but no one is right. Other than that, you're psychopath if you can't, you know, if, if you're just working purely off of a data set, then you know, emotions everywhere, so you need to juggle those. Mm.
1: So, I think this is my final question, uh, but I think you said something that really was triggering for me. You said that um, you have to kind of be um acceptant to the fact that you're a leader but you don't know everything right you don't have to know everything but i think that's probably what stops a lot of us by being so like open about Mm -hmm. like authentic about who we are is the fact that that's gonna make us in the position of like a vulnerable place right like i wonder how your employees or people who follow you react to
0: that character of you yeah look i mean you 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 could only ask them to 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 comment on that but i can only find that Mm -hmm. the reality is that the team out there don't want my role Uh, they might fantasize about it you know Mm -hmm. in a sense that i might like some of the things i am able to do in my life and things i do but you know when covid hits three months ago the last position anyone in our company would have wanted to be in is mine yeah. you know my, you know my business partners like they we we the and you know i joke around that with my friends um or with a specific friend um but it's really true and 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 a lot of entrepreneurs the the people out there who are putting their necks on the line like i'm not just responsible now for my own family i'm responsible for 30 people's families you know that's that's over 100 people now that I'm responsible for directly right yeah. so it's my job to make sure we have business here and and to make sure everything's growing and evolving and everyone's working harmoniously together you know it's it's mm-hmm. that's what you do when you put your hand up and go hey I'm an entrepreneur I want to build something yeah. um, but there's also a level of comfort in that knowing that hey no, You'd have to be a crazy person to want to take my role, and I'm open. Hey, I'm open for anyone to step up and take over my role, and and yeah. so <laughs> forth, right? But the reality is, is entrepreneurship, especially, I, I feel like real true entrepreneurs.
1: Mm-hmm. It's not
0: even a question. Is, um, you know, should I do something? It's like, how am I going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Who do I need? So it's who do I need to help me do, because an entrepreneur should create a vision, should craft a vision, and find smarter people or people who are willing and committed mm-hmm. to do what's required to help be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Like our, the entire team want to be a part of We've got people from day one when we started three years ago. And, you know, we, we, every morning um, or when a new person comes into the team, we all go around in a circle. All of us get out on the floor. We all go around and share what, are we most, what do we love um, about working at Klaxon. And 99% of people all say it, it's the culture, it's the people, and also the ability to be a part of something and seeing it grow. Because there's a lot of people who want to grow a business, but they will never do it because they're scared and they don't want to, and and nor should they. They'd probably fuck it up because it's not part of who they are, right? Mm-hmm. So for, for an entrepreneur who's sitting there and they're like, oh, I'm too scared to open myself up, it's like, your, your flaws are going to be picked up by someone else out there and vice versa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But there's a technician out there, there's someone who's really good at doing something, and they want a leader who's got the guts and determination to figure stuff out and, and create opportunities for them.
1: <laughs> I see. We're well, very interested. So, Brett, I think I'm going to let you go because you have another one, another meeting uh, coming up soon. Um, that being said, thank you so much for coming today. <laughs> I had like, a lot of fun asking you questions and I learned a lot today. So thank you very much.
0: Thank you.